Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. I'm Kay Dagle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, and I'm here with Claudia McGuire, who is on our ministry team. Her bio is on our website, so be sure and look at that and learn more about Claudia. But we are here because our team met and decided that we needed to talk more about the fact that women are often afraid, reluctant to take leadership positions. And so Claudia is going to lead us in a conversation about one of the women in the Bible, and she is a woman who used her availability for God, and that is what our video is about. So, Claudia, let me just turn that over to you. Great. Well, I love the story of Lydia, and I have to say also that the book, uh, A Woman Jesus Can Teach by Alice Matthews, was just such an inspiration to me. Um, I had never looked in depth, really, this was years ago, never looked in depth at women in the Bible and how Jesus included them. And as I looked through the different books of the Bible, how writers included them and highlighted their stories, Paul and Luke and um, Peter, you see that women are included in the faith family. And so with Lydia, that's where I wanna go today is just look at Lydia, look a little bit into who she was and her availability and really how she surrendered herself and maybe her expectations of life to God. And we'll see what he did. So we're going to look in Acts 16, Acts 16, 13. I'm just going to read some of this and we're just going to talk about it a bit. On the, on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside. This is Paul and his companions, probably, um, Silas and Timothy. So they went to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. I can just stop right there because although this is a short written story about Lydia, there's a lot more here. So there were these women that were already out of place of prayer. No men are mentioned in this, nothing against men, but no men are mentioned. So the women were at this place. And I read that usually it took 10 men to start a synagogue, right? So there's no synagogue here, obviously. So they go out by the riverside and they find these women that are already there. They had already assembled. And a certain woman, verse 14, a certain woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. I love that Lydia is just called out right here. And we learn more about her. First of all, she's a prayer, obviously, because she's at this place of prayer. She probably has a tribe of women because there's women assembled there. And she's a seller of purple fabrics. Well, purple fabrics were a luxury back then, a luxury fabric. It'd be like Versace or Prada or something like that, that she was involved in. And when you think about a person who sells that kind of thing, what's involved? What kind of personality 
they have to be kind of competitive. They have to be knowledgeable, know their market. They probably travel some to get this particular dye or to get this fabric or to sell to people that were in other places. And I just think that um, seeing those things that that Lydia already had, she already had a certain amount of gifts and abilities. But I'm not sure that she was um, that she knew the impact of what her availability could mean. So the next verse, and when she and her household had been baptized, she's sitting there, she's listening, which means she had a responsibility to listen. She could have just been one of those people that thinks they know it all and didn't listen at all. But she, not only was she listening, but I think because she was listening, the Lord opened her heart. And I think about myself and I'm like, do I ever ask God, open my heart to what you want me to learn here, whatever situation I'm in, do I ask God to open my heart? And um, then she responded, which again is a type of surrender. Not only did she listen and God opened her heart, but she surrendered to that. She was like, I thought I knew about God, but Paul is telling me something new here and I need to listen. And when she did, she responded. She had an action that she took and I think she surrendered. That was, that was kind of her responsibility. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So already we kind of see a change in Lydia. She boldly says, hey, if I'm faithful, if you found me faithful in the Lord, then come stay with me. And obviously Paul and his companions found her faithful, right? Because right. they went. And I love the verb. She urged them. She, it was just in her heart that they do this. Exactly. And she prevailed, which meant she probably had to keep trying to convince them to do this. Yes. So she was, she was very determined. She was determined. She was and I determined. think she, not only was she determined, I think she also, she knew. I mean, when God opened her heart, she knew, I have something I've got to do here. God's got something for me to do. I think it was very obvious. I don't think she really knew exactly what that was. But um, farther along in that same chapter in 1640, it says, and they went out from the prison. Now, again, within context, Paul and Silas had been put into prison because of a whole different story and situation. You can read that yourself. And they're eventually let go. And so in this verse, it says, and they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they saw the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. And brethren, meaning disciples also, other followers of Christ. But I believe at this point, there are some men involved. Something had happened. This didn't happen overnight. Something had happened between the time they had first come and stayed with Lydia. And I believe she started a house church, a church, again, a church planter. And I believe that Paul, if you read on, Paul and his, his people um, might have used her house as a base in that area. She was willing to make her home, her household, her people, her abilities available to Paul for whatever, however God wanted to use that. And again, she goes from being this businesswoman that feels like, oh, I know God, I've kind of got it together. I come down here and pray. I go through my, and I don't, I don't know this, but when I think about her going from being a businesswoman to now being a businesswoman who invites Paul of all people and his crew 
to her house. Um, they come in. She starts a house church there, and she's responsible to a large degree for the gospel spreading in that region because of how she ministered to them. So her business, which I think she probably continued, it was probably a great financial help to the work of God there, to spreading the gospel. Um, again, she made herself available. Paul, the apostle, took her up on it. And, and she changed that part. of She changed her community, and I believe she began to change things in that region. And, you know, when I think about her being available with her house, being available also means you've got to be noticing what the needs are and how you can fill them. Good. It's not just True. a God, I'll, I'll use whatever, and then you pass somebody down the street and it never connects with you mm -hmm. that I have something this person needs. Mm -hmm. But she noticed, she knew they needed she a place knew. to stay and she urged them to stay yes. with her. And God was using that. Right. I love that. And I just, I just love this story because to me, it is a story not only of availability, but to me, availability does mean you surrender. Surrender your expectations. And I, I remember clearly the struggles I had with surrender. I too was at a place in my life. I thought, oh, I kind of have this together. I go to church. I do this. I raise my kids in the church. And I just hit this brick wall. And I remember the day I just got on my knees and I cried. It was a painful process of letting go of my expectations of life and giving them over to God who could just do so much more with me than I ever could do for myself. And I just, I think at that point, I, I literally did make a decision to just be available. It's like, God, my times are in your hands. You know, I'm yours. I, I'm going to continue to mess this up and make it about me and think I'm go doing okay. But I know if I turn my life really, really surrender my stuff to you, you're going to do something that I never could have imagined. And that's just living a life of surrender and a life of availability. And I still have to do that. That was kind of a one-time oh, thing. I was going to say, you it, know, I, I haven't arrived there yet. No. I still have to deal with yes. the fact that my flesh rises up. It's, it's sort of like, you know, those um, horror movies or scary movies on TV. And the, the hero kills the villain. And then, oh, no, he's not really dead. A few minutes later, he rises up. It's sort of like my flesh or my, you know, yes. I've, I've surrendered. I'm, I'm available. God, you just do whatever. Well, no, not that. I know. And so, I, it, you know, this dead thing that I think is sort of dead yes. rises up again and says, oh, no, you don't want to do that. No. You don't want to put yourself in that position. You don't want to be, you know. And it's scary. It's, yeah. it's kind it of is. frightening to really turn that over. And I just, I know whenever I start feeling a little bit depressed, like, it usually has to do with life isn't going my way. Life's a bit unfair. This isn't really what I expected. When those things start playing in my head, I realize, you know what, Claudia, you are not responsible for everything in the world. You are not in control here. You need to realize that God uses all things in your life, and you need to just surrender this again. Just lay it down and let him pick it up and make something out of it. And that you're available even in the midst of that situation you uh, don't want to be you in. Don't, yes, you don't yes. want to be in it. And there are times, like you said, you don't want to really surrender that. You're like, oh, wait, not, not this. Yeah. No, and I don't want to be put in a position that I would be if, I, if I'm available in that situation. Yes. And I really want to, um, on the website, I'd like to put a little surrender 
activity that people could do right. to really kind of think about what am I holding on to that's keeping me from really being all that God's called me to be? What am I holding on to really tightly that I maybe need to just let go of and see what God can do with it? I think that would be great. And we will put that on the website on our beyondordinarywomen.org, the resource tab, and it'll be under general leadership where these videos will be as well. And that way we it'll be there with the videos and people can just download it. Great. Yeah. Great. Good. Thank you so much. So we hope you'll join us. We have other uh, videos in this series and we hope you'll watch all of them. Thanks so much, Claudia. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.